Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. I am your host on the Life and Legacy Show every weekend. My name is Tim Seckler. I am a certified elder law attorney. Uh, and we do this show with the idea of giving people some education that they need in order to make good decisions for their family when it comes to estate planning, uh, asset protection work, elder law. Uh, this is a common area. Uh, this is a common area. This is an area like increasingly. Um, more and more people are becoming aware of the issues surrounding uh, retirees and the need for long-term care and, and the need to do asset protection work um, because, in, in my opinion, this government rule book is broken when it comes to how we treat our seniors um, when they need long-term care. And there are some opportunities for families who take the time to protect themselves from sort of this government rule book that, it, at least in my opinion, is broken. I mean, you, you watch all the things that our government spends money on, um, and why are we not spending more money to take care of our seniors? We're, we're pushing all those costs onto families, and, and to me, it just, you know, I, I think we got some priorities screwed up. And so what we do in our practice is we help people understand this system. We help people understand uh, how they can get and pay for the care that they need, hopefully without going broke in the process and accessing government benefits when available to help pay for that care. Uh, and so that's that's really the mission of the law firm. That's the mission of this radio show is just to give you the information that you need in order to make good decisions. Um, and I've got some information today. So it is uh, it is November and that means it is Medicare open enrollment time, um, which means that you, if you are 64 or 65 or older, you are being marketed to heavily right now to sign up for uh, Medicare plans. And while I am not a licensed insurance agent, I do not sell Medicare plans. We're just going to talk through a couple of different options. And if you'd like, we can, we can certainly make some referrals uh, to people who can advise you on the specifics of these types of plans? Now, before I get into this information, what we're gonna, um, what I need to do is a little disclaimer. This uh, show is for your information and for your education. This should not be considered legal advice. I am an attorney. I am not your attorney, though. We'd love to do some work with you. So, if you've got questions regarding these issues, you can give my office a call at seven two four five four six four two two seven, or check us out at secklerlawfirm.com. S e c h l e r lawfirm.com. Our office is in Cranberry Township. Uh, we have a couple of satellite offices and, you know, we're doing work all around Western Pennsylvania uh, for people with these issues. Um, and so uh, before I get into the material, I also want to say uh, hello to my good friend Charmaine that I met the other day. Uh, Charmaine uh, shared with me she listens to this radio show every Saturday morning, so it's nice to see you. Happy uh, uh, good morning to you, um, and uh, and it was nice to meet you and your family the other night. Thanks for coming to the workshop, and thanks for listening to the radio show. I hope uh, I hope you find them all informational, so thanks for the feedback. Um, Medicare, okay, so if you're not 65 yet, when you turn uh, uh, 64, you become the most popular person on the planet, right? Because um, you're getting invitations daily, weekly uh, to come to info sessions to learn about uh, all the different Medicare options. If you watch TV right now, the advertisements are for either uh, Medicare plans or for uh, the campaign that that is is wrapping up next week. Um, 
that's what it is, right? I mean, that's it's it's campaign season, which also means it's Medicare open enrollment season, uh, and uh, and why why all the attention? So Medicare, you can only uh, change plans once a year, barring some external uh, factors, some change in your in your uh, family situation that warrants a change uh, within a defined rule book. But let's let's talk generally about Medicare, Medicare eligibility, what the options are, um, and. And if from here you need additional information, then we'll get you the resources you need. But the Medicare, when you turn 65, uh, most people are eligible for Medicare benefits. When you turn 64, they start marketing to you. And, and I don't understand why any six, 64-year-old um, buys any food because it seems to me like you could probably have dinner every night of the week if you wanted to uh, with somebody trying to sell you a Medicare plan. And there's people that are good at it and there's people that are not so good at it. Uh, and we've developed some relationships with people that we think are really, really good at it. Um, and, and so um, we're happy to help you with those referrals if you give us a call, 724-546-4227. But Medicare, there's, there's two ways to go about doing Medicare, okay? There is traditional Medicare, um, and then there is what's called a Medicare Advantage plan, right? So traditional Medicare is, is part A and B. We've got hospitalization and doctor's visits. Now, depending on your income, there's some premiums for part B. Um, but that's hospitalizations in your, your standard uh, doctor visits and, and wellness and whatnot, okay? Now, there are shortfalls with Medicare A and B, which is the traditional route to go through Medicare. And, and there are things that, um, that there are gaps in the coverage. So then you add to Medicare A and B a, a policy that you buy from a private company that is commonly referred to as a Medigap policy. And the Medigap plans are designed to fill the gaps uh, in coverage where A and B don't pay or leave you with heavy copays or just um, fall short in the way that most people need their health insurance. Okay, and then so you've got A and B, and then uh, and then a Medigap policy, and then also with that you have to buy a Part D policy, which is your prescription drug coverage. Okay, so there's Parts A. B, Medigap, and Part D is one way to go about it. And, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, why make it that darn confusing? Why can't I just have a, a, a an insurance plan from the government that I don't have to go through all these different options? But, you know, in in, um, in the way things work and the way our country works, um, I think I think there you know things just get complicated. There's there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of interested parties that have opinions, and um, and so we we end up with this system that a lot of people don't really understand, uh, and and end up making these decisions. Now, m- traditional Medicare A B uh, the Medigap plan and Part D traditional Medicare um, is one option. I think that this option makes a lot of sense for some people, particularly, um, the, the biggest advantage I think with traditional Medicare is that you can use it anywhere in the country. If, as long as the doctor takes Medicare, you can walk into the doctor's office or the hospital and receive care. Um, there is no network with traditional Medicare, uh, and most physicians and most hospitals and probably all hospitals take Medicare, right? So with traditional Medicare, if you travel a lot, or if you have a desire to be seen out of local network for some reason, um, that is one of the reasons why people choose traditional Medicare, um, and, you know, depending on your options, the premiums can get a little pricey, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty solid coverage, Medicare A and B with a, the right Medigap plan in Part D. You can you can do pretty sol- solid insurance coverage that way. 
Um, the other way to do Medicare is with a thing called an Advantage plan. All right, now this is Part C, a, a Medicare Advantage plan. Now a Medicare Advantage plan is a Medicare-funded, partly Medicare-funded policy offered by a private insurance company. Um, so these are managed care plans. So, so Medicare is saying, well, we will shift some of the overhead and some of the burden of administering these, these policies and, and these policy holders to private insurance companies. Um, we will subsidize part of the premium dollars, and then they can sell the plan to the client, and then the client will have or, or the, the person will have some out-of-pocket costs. And then there's, there's all different types of advantage plans, and all the different insurance companies offer them around um, Pittsburgh, you know, the, the big names. But also the national names, they all offer advantage plans. Advantage plans come with um, pros and cons, just like Medicare. So, so some of them is a lot of these plans include um, some um, some gingerbread like gym memberships and wellness uh, updates and, and different things that you can take advantage of within the Medicare plan, uh, the Advantage plan. One of the um, shortfalls is that these are managed care plans. They're usually set up as like an HMO or PPO, and so so it's it's. Um, they have a network of providers, and you, you can access that network of providers. Now, some of these networks are very extensive, right? So, so there, there could be some fair judgment that says, well, you know, if I use a Pittsburgh-based uh, organization, i got to use all the Pittsburgh-based doctors, and what happens if I end up in Arizona? But a lot of these insurance companies have, have worked through and developed networks across the country, and so there's a little bit of homework that could be done there. Um, and you could also – do the homework on on all the other benefits. A lot of people end up choosing Advantage plans. It's not always a clear cut whether traditional Medicare or an Advantage plan is the better option. Okay, um, that's why there's there's good advisors that will talk you through your options uh, and and um, try to help you pick the plan that makes the most sense for you. Because I, I think that I think they've made the system sort of uncomplicated that most families, if you try to do this on your own. You're, you're likely going to make mistakes because you don't understand all the ins and outs of the program. And, and so um, one of the companies that we do a lot of work with is, is a company called MediConnect. Um, I think they're the region's largest Medicare broker. Um, and if people start asking me, if my clients ask me about the differences between traditional Medicare plans and, uh, and Advantage plans, I usually make a referral to, to an organization called MediConnect. Um, I've met the people over there, and, and they seem to have a pretty – uh, extensive knowledge of these different programs and all the different insurance companies, but you know there there are there are um, Medicare brokers out there who are clearly trying to sell you a product, and so I like the idea of an independent broker if you're going to work with somebody. Um, and I, I wish you you know I wish that it was so simple that you could just like choose one, but I really think this is an area where people need to get advice, um, and so. That's uh, that's the idea. Medicare, you, you've got the traditional Medicare route, you got the uh, the Advantage plan route, and there's there's pros and cons to all of these, uh, and it is way more complicated than what we're going to do in a half an hour radio show. Um, but those are the things you need to become educated upon. And happy open enrollment season. Choose wisely. Um, let's contrast Medicare with Medicaid. Okay, now one of the biggest shortfalls of Medicare, and I, I think this is where there's there's an awful lot of confusion uh, in the marketplace and, and amongst consumers, and, and you know, and we're we're sort of sold this belief 
that if you uh, if you work hard and, and you get to 65, then you can apply for Medicare benefits and, and you're going to have health insurance in your senior years. You know, there's a lot of people that work to the age of 65 simply because they need the employer's health insurance plan until they turn 65. Then they can go on Medicare and get health coverage that way. And so people retire at age 65 because now I got my benefits. Um, but here's the thing. Medicare does not pay for the single biggest health care expense that retirees face. That's custodial long-term care. Medicare just doesn't pay for it, right? So if you need care in a residential facility, personal care home, assisted living facility, um, a skilled nursing facility, Medicare does not pay for long-term care stays in these in these locations, right? So this is the biggest threat. I mean, if you listen to what all the different organizations, from Parkinson's to the Alzheimer's Association, uh, lots and lots of the baby boomer population is going to need some form of long-term care. Medicare doesn't pay for that. So then you've got three options. You can either pay privately, you can buy long-term care insurance, or you can look at other government programs like the Veterans Administration and Medicaid. Those are really the only options. You can you can pay privately, you can insure the risk, or you can look at government programs. Now, paying privately for a lot of families, that's cost prohibitive. Nursing homes in Pennsylvania can cost $150,000 to $170,000 a year. And to middle-class families, by definition, middle-class families can't afford a $170,000 bill every year. Um, you know, and it's it's the middle class that gets squeezed here, right? Because wealthy people, if you've got tens of millions of dollars, you're not worried about paying for the nursing home. You're probably never going to a nursing home because you'll just bring the nursing home to you, right? And I've got nothing against wealthy people. I'd love to be a wealthy people, but um, but that's not a risk that they're overly concerned about. If you've got nothing for indigent people, I love indigent, indigent people too, but they're immediately eligible for Medicaid to pay for nursing homes. So who are the people who stand to lose it all? And it's, it's the middle class, right? The, the middle class, someone who saved a half a million dollars in, in a retirement account, well, that person can't afford to spend $170,000 a year on care, right? So they're going to go broke. So private pay private pay um, is not, for, for a lot of families, is not a sustainable long-term solution to long-term care because they're going to go broke, Long-term care insurance. You could consider long-term care insurance. I I happen to think long-term care insurance is a great idea. We don't sell any financial products, but I think long-term care insurance is a great concept. I've got a known financial risk. Um, There's a significant chance I will have dementia later. Uh, It is expensive to receive care for that type of thing, so I can insure that risk. The same way I I cannot withstand a, a house fire from a financial standpoint, so I insure that risk, right? Now, here's the thing, though. Most people don't buy long-term care insurance. Why don't they buy long-term care insurance? Because they find it to be cost prohibitive. They think that the premiums are too expensive. Okay, well, the premiums are expensive, but so is the nursing home, right? And, and so, but people have trouble fitting the, the cash flow for the premiums into their monthly bills. And the longer you wait, the harder it is to get the coverage. You know, long-term care underwriting is, is frequently tougher than life insurance underwriting. See, with life insurance, they know you're going to pass away. Uh, and so they, it's baked into the numbers. But with long-term care insurance, there's a little bit of a gamble of whether you're going to need long-term care or not, and that makes it more difficult for them to underwrite it, right? Now, here's the thing. Traditional long-term care insurance, the way that, that most people think about long-term care insurance, you don't really buy policies that way anymore. Uh, it used to be I could buy a policy and I'd pay X dollars, and then if I needed care, they would pay Y dollars out for that care. Um, and if I never got sick, 
uh, the company wins the bet and they keep my premium dollars. But if I get sick and I need to file a claim, I'm going to get way more than my premium dollars back in long-term care. And so if you think about it from both the consumer standpoint and from the insurance company standpoint, this is a pretty risky business, right? Because um, whether whether the insurance company is going to pay out is is a roll of the dice in a lot of cases, and, and it's relatively hard for them to predict. And so they have kind of moved away from these contracts. These contracts that were written in the 1980s and 90s, you know, you used to be able to buy a policy that had lifetime benefits and, and all this stuff, and, and that stuff's gone away. They, the insurance companies lost their tails. It's, it's about a monthly occurrence for somebody in my office to bring in a long-term care insurance contract and, and complain about how the premiums are going up. Well, the premiums are going up for these uh, policies because the the loss rate is higher than they anticipated, right? So the, the insurance companies are having to pay out more for for claims than what they anticipated, right? So, yeah, the premium dollars go up. And, and a lot of them moved out of the traditional long-term care policy uh, business altogether. And so now the way a lot of insurance companies are selling long-term care insurance is they are, they are selling a long-term care insurance rider on a whole life insurance or a term or an annuity uh, chassis, right? So there's another insurance product that is a, a life insurance contract or an annuity, and that policy would pay out X dollars if I pass away. Um, and if it's a whole life contract, for example, they'll pay out, let's say I buy a $200,000 policy. Well, that's the death benefit, so I'm paying premiums, and, and you know a lot of people would find these premiums to be expensive, and I pay the premiums. And if I pass away, they pay out 200000 But if I get sick before I pass away, they'll pay out the $200,000 as a long-term care benefit to pay for my care before I pass away. Right? Now, if you think about it from the insurance company's perspective, this is a little bit more palatable and probably easier to underwrite because we all pass away. So, so the insurance company sells this product anticipating that they will eventually pay out the $200,000. The question is more when, not if. Right? And so that from their perspective, is a little bit easier to understand the math behind it and, and adjust the premiums accordingly. From the consumer's perspective, it's, it also seems to be a little bit less risky because now it's not a roll of the dice. If I get sick, I, I win the financial insurance contract. If I don't get sick, the insurance company wins the financial contract. But with these policies, if I'm paying the pr- big premium dollars, I'm paying the big premium dollars, I reduce my risk because I know this policy is going to pay out. It's either going to pay out for long-term care insurance or it will pay out as a death benefit when I pass away. Either way, I or my family is going to get the, the premium dollars back. Uh, now, it's watered-down life insurance frequently, and it's watered-down long-term care insurance frequently, but but it is an answer. And, and I... I you know, I'm not licensed to sell these products. I just kind of study them a little bit. And, and I can see in some situations where this could make some sense. Um, I like to see long-term care insurance used predominantly to keep people in their homes. You know, most people don't want to go to a nursing home. But if you have these conditions and you end up in a long in, in needing uh, care, needing standby assistance, um, it is expensive sometimes to get that in your home, right? If you're paying out-of-pocket for a nursing service to come into your home to take care of you, um, that can get pretty pricey pretty quick. And so having a policy that can cover that level of care uh, seems to me to be a thing worth considering. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people do not buy long-term care insurance. I've read a study that says something like 7% of the population that should consider these policies actually purchases it, right? So um, so most people are not buying long-term care insurance. So if Medicare doesn't pay for long-term care, and I would prefer not to go broke paying for long-term care. And most people do not buy long-term care insurance or they're underinsured for long-term care. What's the other option? 
Um, and there is uh, a thing for veterans through the VA. There's a couple of different programs that they could consider, one of which would pay out for care, uh, pay cash to the veteran to, to pay for care. Um, that is called the improved pension, better known as aid and attendance. That has its own asset and income limitations. Um, so that's one benefit. They also have some, some VA nursing home beds, but a lot of the VA nursing home beds are on a wait list and, and tough to get into. And so a lot of veterans even end up in the civilian system, which requires an understanding of Medicaid. Now, Medicaid is one of the things that we spend a lot of time talking about in our uh, workshop. So we have a workshop that is called the Three Secrets to Estate Planning and Asset Protection. Uh, and if we're concerned about the risk of long-term care, you have to become eligible for Medicaid. You have to become educated on Medicaid anyhow. You don't have to become eligible, but you should understand how the system works. See, everybody takes the time to become elig- uh, educated Sorry, educated on how Medicare works because we all come to a point around our 65th birthday where we have to make a Medicare decision. Am I going traditional Medicare or am I going to go to an Advantage plan? But I have to make a decision because I need health insurance. Um, no one is ever required to to understand Medicaid, right? And admittedly, this stuff isn't fun. It's not exciting to study. It's boring, right? Uh, you pick up Medicaid rules and start reading it. Good night. You know, you're going to be asleep in 15 minutes. But it is worth understanding it. And, and because if if I end up in a nursing home, Medicaid is the only government program that will help me pay for care. It's the only program. Now, I don't like that. I don't like that this game requires me to come, uh, become eligible for Medicaid. But complaining about the rules of the game doesn't change the fact that you have to play this game. It's, it's the only rule book, right? There's nobody in D.C. trying to fix this system right now. And so Medicaid is the only payment source. So if Medicaid is the only payment source and there's these set of rules for eligibility for Medicaid, hmm, maybe I should become eligible – I should become educated on how to become eligible for Medicaid benefits. Maybe I should understand how the system works. And that's one of the things that we do a lot of education with our clients around. Estate planning is not just about answering the question, who gets my stuff when I pass away? When done properly, it also incorporates the, the idea of how do I protect my stuff – to make sure that there is some stuff to get to my family, right? Um, because it's not a given that the things that I own today are going to still be there when I pass away, not when I've got a potential bill coming at me at $200,000 a year if I need long-term care. Uh, and so how can I protect my home? How can I protect my money from this system that essentially requires me to go broke if I have Alzheimer's disease? And that's the major topic of our estate planning and asset protection workshop called the Three Secrets to uh, Estate Planning and Asset Protection. We host these workshops uh, pretty pretty frequently around town. We host them in Monroeville and South Point and Cranberry, and it's an educational session where we teach you Medicaid eligibility rules. We'll teach you the difference between wills and trusts, revocable trusts and irrevocable trusts. We'll introduce those concepts to you. Um, and the whole idea is to give you the education you need to at least – Understand how a couple of these tools work before you decide to engage an attorney. Um, You need to work with an attorney to have these documents done correctly. But in my office, what we've decided to do is the education is free, right? So we we don't want to do paid consults to tell you the difference between a will and a trust. I'd rather give you the educational component for free in a class 
And then once you understand a couple of different things, then you can sit down with a lawyer and have a conversation around which of the tools best fits your scenario. Um, and that's that's kind of the way that we do things. And, and uh, I would encourage you to check out our workshop. So how do you find it? Go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com, and you will find the workshops tab where you can register for the free workshop. Now, we do need you to register because these things often fill up. Uh, the workshop that we had the other night was a fairly full room, the one that Charmaine came to, um, and we need uh, we need you to RSVP uh, for it. So either give us a call at 724-546-4227 or uh, go to secklerlawfirm.com and register there. Now, one of the things you're going to learn when you're there is that there's two ways to go about doing planning for asset protection um, for Medicaid. One is to plan ahead, which, like most things in life, planning ahead is the way to go, right? Because we can we can understand the system, we can understand how the rules work, and we can protect more of your resources if we think about it ahead of time. Rather than waiting until somebody ends up needing long-term care and then they end up in the system without a plan, we haven't thought through how are we going to protect assets. We haven't thought through any of this. Um, and if we end up in that situation, our options are more limited. Now, I do want to just take a quick mention to, to, to point out a thing I point out from time to time. is In my law firm, we do wills, we do trusts, we do all types of different documents. But if you end up in a situation where you need a, a nursing home, the most important document in your estate plan is the financial power of attorney. If you do not have a financial power of attorney, you should call our office now. You should have a power of attorney. Any adult could become incapacitated. I'm a relatively young fellow, but I could be in a car accident uh, today and bounce my head off of the dashboard, and tomorrow I'm incapacitated. So who takes control of the situation at that point in time? All right. So the key, if I end up needing long-term care and we're trying to do asset protection work or we're trying to protect assets, we're trying to take care of your spouse, um, the key document is having a really good power of attorney. And the key words that I just said in that sentence is really good. These documents are not all the same. Uh, you have to have some really strong language in these documents. And so if you haven't done it for a while, see us, see another elder law attorney, make sure you have a really good power of attorney document. We'll call that our tip of the week. So I hope that you learned something in uh, today's episode. Uh, but remember, this is for your education. This is not legal advice. If you need help with Medicare, you need to talk to someone that's licensed to talk to you about those plans. If you need help when it comes to estate planning, asset protection, you need to work with a qualified lawyer. We're available anytime at secklerlawfirm.com. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Um, and I want you to have a great week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.